And so that was the base of the challenges that I was experiencing was just being an average college student. And as I was having these conversations with friends and they were saying, you know, after I opened up about my own experience, you know, you know, dealing with depression, they were like, man, I've been feeling the same way. And sometimes I can't sleep at night. And, you know, sometimes I feel confused. I feel like I'm lost. I feel all these different things. And I just thought to myself, well, we're close enough. Why is it that we're not having these kinds of conversations? Welcome to Beyond the Ball Podcast. going on what's going on what's going on ballers and welcome to another episode of the beyond the ball podcast i'm your host jonathan jones and as you all know the focus and the premise of beyond the ball is to focus in on stories strategies and successes to help student athletes succeed beyond their degree so wherever you are i would encourage you just to make sure that you subscribe to our channel on youtube to where you get access to exclusive content but even in addition to that make sure that you share with one friend one colleague or one student athlete that you know needs to hear um, just the show. And you're, you're in for a real treat today, right? You're, you're in for a really good treat today. I'm, I'm excited uh, to, to welcome on our, our guest. And he goes by the name of, of Abraham Scully. And man, th- th- this young man here, I've just watched him over, what, the past like four or five years, man. And you know, first when I met him, he was he was excited. He was he was a young. I was like, okay, look look at this young fire, young thundercat. He was just excited and just had high energy. But he was always passionate about sharing his story. And I, I'm excited to bring him on today because now I've seen him invest time. I've seen him invest resources. And he's not only a, a, a author, but in addition to that, he's a podcast host and he's done so many other things. But now the focus and you can tell his heart is here because he's done the work and he's done the due diligence of even now becoming a mental health specialist. So you all welcome to Beyond the Ball, Mr. Abraham Scully. What was going on, my brother? Man, it's a pleasure to be here. I am well. Uh, grateful to be on your podcast and i'm excited for this conversation i love yeah. the intro yeah yeah man but i mean it's, it's, it's easy to say when it's true you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's real. yeah man it's, it's, it's definitely easy to say when it's true so man abraham j- just take a second and give the people a little, little snapshot a little bit about um you know just just who you are and if this is the people's first introduction with you so please go ahead uh, at this time yeah so my name is abraham scully I'm the CEO and founder of Speaks to Inspire LLC. It's a mental health programming and consulting company. uh, And we're focused on bridging the gap between young adults and mental health resources. My own personal journey is what fuels my passion. Um, I was diagnosed with major depression as a college freshman. What's going on, you guys? My name is Abraham Scully. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Again, I am the author of Unlearn the Lies, a guide to reshaping the way we think about depression. And if you didn't know, July is BIPOC Mental Health Month. So for the month of July, you can use the promo code BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C-F-R-E-E, and buy one copy and get one copy free. The goal here is not just to educate yourself, but to share this resource, this valuable resource with a friend. So again, www.abrahamscully.com. Use the promo code BIPOC free. Buy one, get one free. Let's get it. Let's unlearn these lies. 
and it was tough um, just going through that whole experience, being raised in a Jamaican household and not knowing what mental health was, not knowing what depression was. I felt like I was alone during that experience. But then I realized that as I started to share with really close friends of mine that we were all struggling with our mental health, but nobody was talking about it. Like we were all suffering in silence. And it was early on during my college career where I just developed this passion to start opening up because we don't have to suffer in silence. Like I was blessed enough to be able to get help for my mental health. And now what I do is I just share that same information with others, um, specifically, you know, students on colleges and universities and let them know that there is help available and that we can prioritize our mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So just re rewinding it back, you said that you all were struggling, but nobody was talking about it. Just yeah, just just un unpack that. I guess conundrum. I guess is the best word that goes there. Like like just just unpack what what was really happening and and what was the push for you to say, well, well, let me like let me say something about this. Just talk talk a little bit about that, Abraham. Yeah. So if I rewind, just you know, my college career. If you think of the average college student, right? If someone who has just graduated from, from high school and maybe they moved away for college, they're on this new campus, they're in this new city or new state, and they're navigating this new experience. Now, with that new experience is going to come some challenges. But a lot of times what happens is we don't necessarily prepare for those challenges. And so when they come, we try to do whatever it is that we think to do to kind of grow through that. But then the reality is, is that we're, this is new for us. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to navigate. And so that was the base of the challenges that I was experiencing was just being an average college student. And as I was having these conversations with friends and they were saying, you know, after I opened up about my own experience, you know, you know, dealing with depression, they were like, man, I've been feeling the same way. And sometimes I can't sleep at night. And you know, sometimes I feel confused. I feel like I'm lost. I feel all these different things. And I just thought to myself, well, we're close enough. Why is it that we're not having these kinds of conversations? And because I knew what the pain was like to suffer in silence and not get help for my mental health, I knew that I had to do something about it because if I didn't start opening up, then no one was going to open up. No one was going to even know that it's safe to to share that you're struggling with your mental health and that there are resources on campus so that you don't have to continue suffering, you know, from mental health challenges. So, um, yeah, man, we were all struggling. We were all dealing with our individual challenges, our collective challenges. But because of the stigma associated with mental health, no one really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And and and, and just just as you talk about talk about the the, the stigma was it like all you all that are hanging out? What was it all, all males or it was it was males and females? Because I know, you know, when we start talking mental health, it, it I don't know, it, it seems that it's a conversation that kind of eludes some of the fellas at times. It's like, uh, we're not we're not talking about that. You know, we're we're just we're just showing up, we're just doing the work, we're just going to school and just we'll we'll, we'll deal with feelings and we'll deal with our, our, our mental later. Yeah, it was it was um men and women um that that I hung with, but 
like you said, when it comes to men talking about our mental health challenges, it looks a little bit different. It sounds like, you know, I'm tired. It sounds like I don't feel like doing this. It sounds like I don't want to go. Um, and then for a woman, it may sound a little bit different. Right. And, and, you know, you know, I'm emotional right now, or, you know, whatever mm. the case is, the language changes. But when I was able to become educated and understand what depression and, you know, the signs and symptoms are, what anxiety is and the signs and symptoms are, I realized that those words that we use to describe our feelings and emotions was depression, was anxiety. It's we just didn't have the specific language for it. Uh, and that's what helped me early on is when I sat down with the professional and they were saying everything that you're experiencing, you know, links to depression. Then I was able to say, oh, OK, so mm. it's OK that I'm feeling this and there's something that we can do about this rather than thinking that this is just the way it is. And I got to live with this. I think that's so I think that's so powerful because uh, just thinking about the aspect of if we're going through something and we can't put words to it or we can't explain it, then a lot of times it can fall by the wayside because we can't we, like we, for instance, if we're in pain, we can say, ouch, that hurts. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if we're excited, you see joy or you see certain emotions. But if there's something internal in our mind that's happening and we can't put words to it, it's just like, mm, maybe I'll brush that off. You know, maybe I'll get past that. But what you said, I think is so powerful of the reason why we should talk to a professional. And I want to hear your take on this. I want to hear you just unpack it a little bit more, Abraham. But just you saying when you spoke to a professional, they helped you normalize the feeling that you were feeling and then really put it into words. Yeah. So I always recommend that if you feel any, you know, challenge with your mental health, if you're not able, if because I feel like we all know what operating at our optimal level feels like. We know what it feels like to feel good, to feel motivated, to feel excited about life. And so if there's anything that's going on in our lives that may be taking away from that, I always recommend seeing a mental health professional. And it's because these individuals are equipped with the tools, they're licensed, they're in a position to where they have the education to educate. And for someone like me growing up in the culture that I grew up in, I didn't have the name for what I was experiencing. I just thought, you know, for a while that I was going crazy. But when I mm -hmm. sat down with the therapist, they were saying, no, this, this inability to sleep at night, the racing thoughts that you're having, the confusion that you're experiencing, you know, the tr having trouble with your memory, you know, your inability to, to, to eat and have this appetite. These are all signs and symptoms of depression. It just made sense. And, 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 it, and it allowed me to accept that, which is what allowed me to start prioritizing my mental health. Because after that conversation, then it was like, okay, if this is what I'm experiencing, what can I do so that I no longer experience this? And uh, so when it comes to sitting down with the professional, uh, if we because right now at the time of this recording, we're still in, in you know, COVID-19 pandemic era, although mm -hmm. we're coming out of that mm -hmm. in the very beginning of this this time period. Right. Anytime someone would have any symptom of COVID-19, if it was a cough, 
if it was, you know, a sore throat, right? If they felt like they couldn't breathe, there, there was no second guessing talking to a professional because there's this idea that, hey, COVID-19 is going around. I want to make sure that I'm good. I want to make sure that my family is good. And so let me get tested just to make sure that everything is okay. Now, when it comes to our mental health, my question to most people is that why do we second guess? Because the same effects, negative effects that can be brought on by COVID-19 or the flu or any other physical illness can also be brought on by a mental illness. What mm. happens to your family if you're struggling with depression and you have no idea that you're struggling and you have no idea how to get out, how to cope? What happens if you are struggling with crippling anxiety, an anxiety disorder, and you're not getting the help, you're not getting the resources? All of those you know, signs and symptoms and experiences that you're having due to the mental illness is still passed down to those who you're in relationship with. So if not for you to get help for yourself, get help for those who you're in relationship with. Wow. Because I can't be going around depressed and not getting the help that I need. And my wife now has to suffer with the fact that I'm in this position saying, I'm a man, I don't need help. I could figure it out mm. when my wife is not getting all of me, when my, my boss is not getting all of me, when you know my son or my daughter is not getting all of me. So if not for you, you it's it's you know imperative that we prioritize our mental health for everyone else that we gotta you know be in relationship with. Man, man, Abraham, that's so that that's so powerful right there. With what you said because there, there have been times where I've been like there, there there are some days where I just didn't feel like myself. Right I, there are some days I just felt out of it, and then if the day before. When I was talking with my wife, we were having communication. Everything was, you know, everything was happy, joyful. We're we're just communicating normal, right? Typical communication, exchange and conversation. But then the next day, then I would just be out of it. And she's like, what's wrong? And then I couldn't explain it. What you just hit on was there, there are people that have a, a expectation of us in our lives, right? Relationship, coach, player, teammate, whatever it might be, that to where when that's off, then it affects the holistic, uh, the the holistic operation of the team. So, mm -hmm. man, God, that that you you hit on something right there, Abraham. Because yeah. I think a lot of times it's it's easy to say, yeah, I don't feel like doing this, or I don't want to go get help, and it's a lot of I I I versus the we versus the team, and we're always making it, it we're making it about us in that situation. That was good. That was a good point. Yeah. And, and it's something that I feel like I'm working on consistently, you know, being married for a, a year now, newly married. You know, it's an amazing experience. Uh, in addition to that comes a great responsibility and, mm. and a great opportunity to be a husband, to have a family. And there are some times where my wife is like, yo, the energy is off. Your energy is off. And, and that's one mm. thing about women. I, I feel like they just have these senses you know, and they'll be like, yo, yeah. the energy is off. And in my mind, I'm playing it off really well. You know, <laughs> I'm going through the motions. I'm doing what I need to do. And she's like, nah, there's something off. And, and those are the opportunities where we get to have what I like to call hot conversations. And so my wife will come to me and say, you know, I need to be hot with you. Or I can come to her and say, babe, I have to be hot with you now. And hot 
is an acronym, you know, for being honest, open and transparent. Mm. And by stepping into and, and embracing that opportunity, it takes out the room for not showing up in the best way that I possibly can. And me not doing or, or me not being well in that moment is not necessarily the bad thing. Where it becomes an issue is if I'm not well and I'm not able to have that honest conversation. Mm. Now, I may not be able to fix it in that moment, right? But if we can communicate that and say, you know, as a matter of fact, today I'm not doing well for this and that reason, and I have the language for it. Mm. However, I'm going to sit down with my therapist because I think they can help me work through some things. But I, I'm making sure that I am making this a priority because I know that this is essential for the team. Wow. Wow. What, so, so, what, so what you're telling us is you're, you're telling us that even despite how you feel, you found a way to communicate with your partner a way that you all have a, a certain space or a certain safe word to where you all both understand that when I share this or when I say this, then we're able to meet together on the same common field. Is that, is that what you're saying, Abraham? Exactly. Man. Exactly. God, yeah. that's oh Abraham, that bro, that, that's so applicable because like just being in this time to where I think emotion now is being normalized, like just, just across everything. Cause you know, everybody talks about empathy and people are more talking about their feelings now and being more expressive. Finding a way to be able to really hone in on and be able to break down okay we can we're we're in our separate corners but we can meet in the middle when we first communicate or we have an understanding about this particular thing that's that's good abraham i don't know if you realize how good that is but that's really good man hey let me break it down just just a little bit more so with the the hot because we call it the hot principle right being mm. honest transparent okay so the 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 h and hot is being honest so this is where you start with yourself so it's not me necessarily communicating with someone else and being honest but i'm being honest with myself and one way that i can do that for me to to help me to develop self-awareness i like to journal i like to write mm. and i like to meditate i like to think so that h starts with you it's about being honest with where you are in that moment Right. And then the O is being open. So this is where you're open to new information. You're open to the discomfort. You're open to change. You're open to the fact that having this conversation may bring a little bit of discomfort. Right. And then mm. the T the is being transparent. So this is when you show up. Now, this is where we include that other individual. This is where we show up in our authentic self. And we say, this is where I am based on mm. the self assessment that I've done, right? And I've recognized that this is a this is going to be a hard conversation, but this is where I am. And I wanted to share this with you so that you understand that um, this is where I am and this is, you know, how you can possibly help me. Um, but I also like to, to throw a caveat in there that this is done in safe spaces. Hmm. We, we're not necessarily hot with any and everybody, but this is with an individual, with a team where it's it's reciprocated, right? We know that this is a safe space, that what we share is not going to be used against us and, and that this individual or team wants the best, you know, for us. 
Man, yeah. So speak, speaking about writing, speaking about writing, I mean, it just it just makes sense. We 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 have this we 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 have this fine piece of piece of art oh, yeah. right here. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. We get we got it. You you know you need this for your library. You don't need one, but you need a couple of these because after you read it, then you're gonna give it away. So then you need to have another one, and then you probably need to buy two more so you can give that one away as well. So Abraham, why did you decide to write this book? Why why do we need to unlearn the lies? Yeah, so I, I decided to write it because so part of my um, professional career is speaking. So um, professional speaking. And I've been speaking for, for a few years now. And I realized that as I was going to the speaking engagements, I would be given max two hours to share with the audience. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that wasn't enough time to go deep. It wasn't enough time to really dissect what depression is and what it looked like for me and the way I was able to overcome that. I can only share snippets of it. And so I knew that there was something more that I wanted to, to give to create a greater impact. So that's when the idea of the book came to mind. So why I wrote the book is because I understand that there are so many people suffering in silence. There are so many people who are not doing well behind the smile that they have on their face. There's so many people who are struggling and they have no idea what it is. So this book not only serves as a, uh, as a guide, right? But it's, it's an introduction to mental health. It's an introduction to depression. There's so many people who have read the book and they've said, man, I can resonate with that. And I think I may be dealing with depression. Mm. I should go see a therapist now after reading the book, because prior to having the basic education, they just thought that this is what their life was. This is their personality. This is their, you know, these are their characteristics when that's not necessarily the case. This can be a mental illness that you can get, you know, treatment for. So I wrote the book because I knew that, you know, it would be impactful for individuals to to read something that's, you know, it, and I wrote it to be short. It's practical, very practical. You can um, walk through the different steps throughout the book as well so that you can develop that self-awareness and understand, you know, where am I in terms of my mental health and what can I do to become the best version of myself? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to read, I'm, I'm going to read a little, a little, little piece. If that's all right with you, I'm going to read a little, can Absolutely. I read a little piece? Absolutely. I want to bless the people really quick. So uh, after I read this, I want to, I just want to hear, your feedback on what you wrote <laughs> okay. okay so so this is on page 52 and it says what is the truth you can recover from depression recovering from depression will take a measure of hope patience and work i am living proof that not only can you overcome depression but you can thrive and impact others by sharing your story mm. abraham abraham just 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 talk us through just talk us through that there Please. are a lot of people who are hopeless and and they're helpless because they've tried so much and they try so much to where they're at the point now where they're like i can't do anything else there's nothing that i haven't tried um but i believe that the way we can instill hope is by showing that it's possible when someone like me who can say I was severely depressed. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I was on medication 
for depression. I was physically, you know, stuck in my bed. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Mentally, I didn't have the, the capacity, the energy to do anything that I'm doing today. But now look at what I'm able to do. Look at how I'm able to share my story. When someone who is in a hopeless position can see that and hear that, it creates that hope that's necessary to recover from depression. Now, when you have the hope, then it's about, okay, now that I have the hope, what is the information? What are the facts? Mm. Can you recover from depression? Or is this a lifelong you know, sentence? Is it possible? And that's where you know, speaking with a professional and even doing your own research, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Googling and, and we can look at, you know, resources like the National Institute of Mental Health. Um, we can look at the World Health Organization just to get basic information and education on, you know, what mental illness is. Right. Mm. And then once we have that information, then it's about doing the work. So we got the hope that it's possible because if you don't have hope, then there's no motivation to move forward. So you need the hope. And the hope that I'm offering is showing you my own life and my own experience. And then we got the education, which is saying, okay, this is what the facts are. I may have my own perception, which is I'm stuck or I can't get through this. But now that I know that there are resources, there is a holistic approach that I can take. There are, you know, different routes that I can take to prioritize my mental health. Now let's get into the work, which is, you know, incorporating that mental health professional um, and developing a treatment plan that works for you. And one thing that I also like to share, and I talk about this in the book, is that once you decide to get help for your mental health, it's not going to be an easy road. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be times where you are feeling great, where it's like, yo, I'm back to my old me. I'm feeling like I was never depressed. I'm doing great. I'm feeling great. And then at the snap of a finger, it's like you go right back into that valley, right? Mm. But that is the process of treatment and recovery. A lot of people think that you're supposed to seek the help, follow the advice of the professional, and everything is, is you know, a beautiful scene, but that's not the case, mm. especially for most people. So it's understanding up front that, hey, I'm going to have some high highs. I'm going to have some low lows. I'm going to have, you know, some challenges throughout this process. I may, if I am on medication, I may have to try different medications to find the right one. If I am trying this new, you know, regimen, I may have to try this or try that. But what I'm committed to is doing the work no matter how long it takes and no matter what the work is. And I think when you couple all of that together, you get the result of being on the other side of depression. Man, that's so that's so powerful for the fact that just letting people know since you've, you know, you're on one side of depression, now you're on the other side. But one, you let us know that this is something that you have to continue to be diligent about. Right. Because just like if somebody wants to uh, create healthy eating habits, if we're used to going to Chick-fil-A every day, then <laughs> it's going to be a process of getting weaned off of Chick-fil-A. Right. Or, you know, limiting Chick-fil-A. You can't get weaned off of Chick-fil-A. Come on. Come nah, on. Nah, not Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Especially that sauce. 
Oh my goodness, boy! Hey, I got some. Hey, my wife bought some in the bottle. Okay, <laughs> but um, but but even even the aspect of letting us know that it's it's not a one size fits all, right? Because th there are places where you can get resources, mental health resources, and I would suggest that you all definitely invest in unlearn the lies because in, in at the back of the book, Abraham has a mental health resource guide. He has references and he has resources. He did the work for you of finding the information. And just as he shared with us today that he's gone through the process and now he's sharing his story to help others go through the process successfully as well. So for one, y'all need to y'all need to get Unlearn the Lies. OK, y'all need, need to grab, grab Unlearn the Lies. Unlearn the Lies, a guide to reshaping the way we think about depression by Abraham Scully. But Abraham, also, man, I want you just to share with the people because you you were featured in a in an MTV documentary, man. Each and every day, how, how did how did this even come about? Because when when you shared it with me, I was like, "What? You on the documentary? You got to be a movie star? You an author? You a mental health specialist?" Yeah, so it was actually you know really exciting. I got approached at a national mental health conference. Um, and so I, I also do some speaking with Active Minds, the national nonprofit for mental health and, and young adults. Mm. And so <clears throat> I was at their national conference one year. I think it was 20 pre-pandemic. I think it was 2019, 20, maybe 20, 2019, I believe. Okay. And um, it was like really low key. I was I was at the conference. I spoke at the conference and we were at the at the lunch break. So I was at the lunch break and, you know, just networking, meeting new people and enjoying myself. And this uh, secret agent comes by and they're <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, uh, someone, uh, you're Abraham, right? I'm like, yeah, someone needs to see you in the in the back room. And I said, what? <laughs> Just like that. And so I'm like, do you know what it's about? Um, yeah, they, they need to speak with you for just a moment. It'll be very brief. And so I go to the back and, and I'm approached with the opportunity to be on the, the MTV documentary. And it just made sense because everything that I'm passionate about in terms of eradicating the stigma of mental health Mm -hmm. is what they were looking for, right? And what they what their goal was to bring awareness to mental health, to bring awareness to stigma, to bring awareness to the resources that are accessible to young adults. And so it just made sense to, to collaborate with MTV, uh, also the Jed Foundation. Uh, and it was an amazing experience. It was nine individuals who had some experience with suicidal ideation. And we all just shared our experience, our mental health journeys, and created a safe space for parents, for students, for families to have the conversation about mental health. Because a lot of the feedback that I received from people who watched the film was like, man, I didn't know that this is what mental health challenges can look like. I think my child may be dealing with this, or I think my mm -hmm. wife may be dealing with this. And I feel safe enough to even start the conversation now. So I would recommend, you know, anyone who, who's able to the the documentary is still is still um, streaming. Uh, I think it's on Pluto, Pluto TV and um, MTV.com. And you can you can still watch it on online. So, yeah, great man. opportunity. It's, 
and and it's also on, uh, it's also on Amazon Prime as well. It's also streaming on on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you if you don't know now you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's what's up. Amazon Prime. People out here paying for the shipping and they don't even know they get access to watch the streaming movies too. Yeah. Man. Yeah, <laughs> de- definitely want to tap into that because Amazon Prime is, is off the chain with with the streaming. But uh, man, yeah, I mean that's that like that's that's really cool for one. That's a cool experience. Um, but I think it speaks to one, your credibility and your expertise just in the space, because, you know, secret agent wouldn't have sought you out if they didn't do their research. Right. That They probably were sitting in the back in your presentation and, you know, and they were just hearing what you were sharing and seeing how you connected with the people. So uh, kudos on, on, on that for sure. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. So let, let me ask you, what, what is a mental health specialist, Abraham? Like, yeah. Like, so what, what is that? Yeah, so I focus on stigma specifically. Mm. So when we talk about stigma, we talk about the negative perception that's associated with mental health, mental illness. So I bring in the information. I've been doing this case study for about a year now in terms of collecting the lies that students, faculty mm. members, and, and staff members have about stigma and have about mental health. A lot of what I hear is that, you know, I'm weak if I'm depressed. A lot of what I hear is that it's not too bad. I don't need professional help. And there are a ton of lies that people are walking around with that's holding them back from sitting down with the professional and ultimately prioritizing their mental health. Because when we talk about physical health, we know exactly what it is we need to do to, well, I mean, for the most part, for people who want to be in shape, true, we know true. what we need to do to uh-huh. stay in shape. We got to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. We got to we gotta eat, you know, a proper meal. Diet is important. We need to make sure that we're around communities that are good for, for our goals, right? That's helping to push us towards our goals. But when it comes to prioritizing our mental health, it's almost like we're a deer caught in headlights, right? And we don't necessarily know how do we prioritize our mental health? What is mental health? What does that even mean? How do we do that? So as a mental health specialist, I break that down, Hmm. right? Specifically, I target stigma. I target the negative association um, to mental health and mental illness. And we work through understanding what mental health is understanding what mental illness is, understanding what stigma is, and then breaking through those barriers that hold so many people from suffering in silence and, and getting the help that they need. Mm, yeah. So, so how, how are you going about now doing that? Like breaking, breaking the stigma and like, like what, what does that look like? Is that another topic you're covering in speaking engagements or talk, talk a little bit more, more about that? Yeah. So, so as of right now, um, we do a lot of speaking engagements uh, with my company Speaks to Inspire. And we also have curriculum. Yep, the the T-shirt, the T-shirt, yep. (laughs) Uh, We also have curriculum. We do trainings and we develop programs for educational institutions. So we go in and we identify what are the issues? What are the problems that they're having in relation to mental health and, and getting the students to these resources that are on campus? A lot of what we find is that there isn't necessarily a lack of resources. Mm. It's, it's an issue with the utilization of resources. And so there are a ton of students who are on campuses that are fully funded and have counselors on campus. Mm. 
They have, you know, support groups. They have any and everything you possibly need to prioritize your mental health, but students aren't tapping into those resources. Mm. And so what goes up is, you know, the dropout, right? Students end up disappearing because they can't, they're overwhelmed with the stress of being a college student and they're overwhelmed with the challenges of, of having mental illnesses, right? And so um, what we do is we try to increase the utilization of these resources on campus. And if there are school campuses who don't necessarily have resources, we identify what community resources are, are available and how can we make that accessible for the college students on their campus. So with the curriculum, this is more a long-term uh, program. So it can be anywhere from nine weeks to 36 weeks. It can be um, you know, a semester-long program and we break down the specifics of, like I said, mental health, mental illness, and stigma. Um, how do we identify the signs of mental illness? How do we, I, mm. how do we combat the stigma of mental health? How do we have these honest, open, and transparent conversations? Because I don't know about you, but growing up, I don't remember necessarily taking a class or taking a course that helped me to understand what mental health was or even how to cope with the daily stressors of life. Um, and so what we wanna do is we wanna create that opportunity for students because it's necessary. If your mental health ain't right, it's gonna trickle down into every other area of your life. Mm, Mar Marshawn Lynch told us we gotta, gotta take care, we gotta take care of our chicken and we gotta protect our mentals. Mm, uh, that's I don't remember Lynch. that, but I like yeah, that. Yeah, he said, he said, you gotta take, he said, hey, take care of y'all mentals. Hey, that's what he said it. Marshawn Lynch said it, man. <laughs> mental um, health. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day, all day. So we got the so in terms of resources, you you got the you got the book out there, got the mm -hmm. unlearning lives, you got the book, uh, you got the curriculum to where you're you're going in and you know you're really serving, supporting colleges, universities, and nonprofits uh at a high level, you know, with the with the long-term program. Abraham, what, what what else you have out there that you can help the good people, you know, just in terms of in terms of resources and you know, things like that. Man, I got a phenomenal podcast phenomenal okay. podcast it's called unlearn the lies okay. and on the podcast we have honest open and transparent conversations to unlearn the lies about mental health so my goal is to equip leaders with the tools to unlearn these lies and embrace the truth of what it means to be human because mm -hmm. being human means that we're going to struggle with our mental health at some point of our life and we're walking around thinking that we're superhuman we don't have emotions. We don't have feelings. And so I bring a face and a name to mm. different mental illnesses. Um, I invite guests who are open to talking about their story of anxiety disorders, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, eating disorders, suicide survivors. Um, and then we also have specialists who come on to educate. So I interviewed um, not long ago an eating disorder specialist to just provide education on what is an eating disorder? Who can be affected by an eating disorder? One of the lies that she shared with me is that what she hears a lot of is that an eating disorder is a Caucasian disease. And it, mm. it only, you know, only women are affected by eating disorders. And wow. I don't remember the specific statistic, but she shared that there's a high percentage of men mm. who are dealing with an eating disorder, who have been diagnosed with an eating disorder but when we think about eating disorders, I don't necessarily think about I can battle with an eating disorder. That's, that doesn't come, you know, top of mind for me. 
But when we can have this education, we can say, okay, if that's the truth, where do I fall on this spectrum? And how do I get help if I need the help? So on my podcast, Unlearn the Lies, I release an episode every Monday, a new episode. And I'm super excited to bring these conversations to the masses. Mental Health Mondays. Hey. I like that. Yeah, man. (laughs) There there it is. There it is. All right. All right, Abraham. All right, man. Well, I I definitely appreciate today's dialogue. Before we let you get out of here, we got to we got to run through the we got to run through the two minute drill. Okay. Okay. And, and and for those of you all, if this this might be your first time uh, tuning in to Beyond the Ball, the two minute drill ultimately is where I'm gonna ask Abraham a, a few rapid fire questions, and then we're gonna just get to see a different side. You know, shake things up a little bit. So, uh, Mr. Abraham, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, all right. Here we go. Favorite food? Oxtail. Mmm. That's that. Hey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> what what's what's the last book you read? Think and Grow Rich. Classic. What, what's your, what, what's the most underrated cereal? Captain Crunch. <laughs> Original? Uh, Frosted Flakes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's your go-to streaming show of preference? What's the, uh, I just started this one with Olivia Pope. Oh, it's scandal. really old. Yeah, scandal. Okay. I'm just now, just now on that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, and, and what's what's one tip that that you want to leave for a student athlete? Mm. Prioritize your mental health the same way you prioritize your physical ability on and off the court. That's strong. That's strong. And who's one guest? Who's one guest that you'd like to see me interview on Beyond the Ball next? Uh, what's the dude's name? Oh man, football player, former football player. He's on I Am Athlete. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Yup. Okay. Bring him on, and I want him to talk about mental health as well. I'm. I'm. I think I reached. Out, I think I might have mentioned him on Twitter. I, I'll, I'll reach out again. I'll see what. I'll see what we can do. I'll see what we can do. <laughs> I'll see what we can do. Let's get but, it. Uh, but Abraham, one, one more time, just let everybody know where they can find you, follow you, and connect with you at. Yep. So all social media platforms, just Abraham Scully. That's my first and last name, A-B-R-A-H-A-M-S-C-U-L-L-E-Y. There it is. There it is. Well, my, my brother, Abraham, I appreciate you uh, rocking out with us on, on Beyond the Ball, man, and uh, just sharing your, your passion with us, share, sharing your heart with us, but Man, most importantly, really just helping people eradicate this this stigma around mental health, man. So thank you for your work and thank you for all you do. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And you all stay well. My brother. Everybody out there, all the ballers, if you all have not taken the time already to go to Abraham's website, make sure to go to his website down there at the bottom, abrahamscully.com, and make sure you grab your copy of Unlearn the Lies. Phenomenal book. And tap into his podcast as well, Unlearn the Lies. I mean, just hearing some of the topics that he's unpacked on there, they're so relevant to the time right now to just basically about anything that you can think about. If he hasn't covered him, shoot him a DM and then he'll definitely get that topic covered for you. But until next time, I'm Jonathan Jones and this is Beyond the Ball, where we help you succeed beyond your degree. <laughs>